Good morning. Oh, we're going to continue our series on image of the invisible God, the seven I am statements of Jesus. Uh, this morning we're in John 10. Um, I'll read verses 11 through 18 and then 27 through 30. But first, let's open in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this uh, beautiful Lord's Day morning. We thank you for um, your saving grace, uh, the shepherd's call uh, that you made effectual in our own lives, that we have been uh, given new life, we've been given ears to hear, eyes to see, transformed hearts. Help us this morning um, to understand more um, of your greatness, your goodness, kindness, and your mercy. For Jesus' sake, amen. John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I laid my life down. I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Amen. Uh, the fourth I am statement that we find in the Gospel of John is found right there in verse 11. That is, I am the good shepherd. Um, scripture, um, as you are well aware, uses the metaphors of sheep um, and shepherd to describe our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, certainly not the most flattering metaphor um, to, to employ, um, to describe us. But um, in reality, it is because um, we, like sheep, um, are dumb. Make no mistake about that. If, if one sheep jumps off a cliff, um, the others will follow suit or, or follow fleece, whichever you prefer. Um, last time we looked at the Lord's statement, I am the door, that is, I'm the door to the sheepfold. I am the gateway um, to eternal life, in other words, that Jesus himself is the door to heaven. If you look back at verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. 
Paul emphasizes this truth in Romans chapter 5. Look at it, verse 2. For through him, Jesus, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Also in Ephesians 2, verse 18, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Okay, that is, Jesus is the only door. He is the only portal to heaven. The only accessible way to the Father. You know that partition, that, that curtain of separation in the Old Testament temple that, that separated the holy, the holy of Holies from the holy place? where no one but the high priest, once a year after elaborate cleansing, can enter. Okay, that curtain. When Christ died, the veil, we read, of the temple was torn asunder from the top to the bottom. That barrier was removed. Jesus was the door through the barrier into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God himself. And now here, in the same discourse, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd of the sheep who are granted entry into the doorway, through the door. Jesus is the good shepherd. I am, the, 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 the tetragrammaton, God's sacred name, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. This is another certain claim to deity. The God-man. I am the embodiment, not only of God's ancient intention, but also of the God who intended. Intended to shepherd my sheep, to shepherd my people, to lead my people, to deliver my people. I am. Listen to Psalm 23. You, You can turn to it if you like. The Lord, says David, is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, um, who is Israel's shepherd king, anticipates that the coming of his greater son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Um, who is indeed the incarnation of the divine shepherd, the embodiment of this shepherd. And and that is the one David celebrates here in Psalm 23. And then in John 10, we learn the identity of the shepherd who leads us to green pastures, who's with us as we pass through the valley of the shadow of death. So as David referred to Yahweh as my shepherd, so Jesus here reminds us that he knows his own and his own know him. 
Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. So everything declared of the shepherd in Psalm 23 is fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus um, is my shepherd. He's your shepherd. And because I know him, because we know him through faith and trust, we can be assured that uh, he has redeemed us. He is our great shepherd. So with that as the introduction, let's consider um, shepherding itself. As Jesus gives this discourse, he talks about, he talks about sheep, and he talks about shepherding. And shepherding in Jesus' day was a very common vocation, um, as you know. And it's a metaphor that his hearers um, would have easily understood. If you notice how basic Jesus' teaching is, I am the door, something we can understand. You walk through doors every day. You've walked through probably close to a dozen doors this morning. From the time you rose up out of bed, you've been through, count them. I don't know, not now, don't count them now, but count them later. <laughs> a, sim- a simple illustration here, shepherding of, of daily uh, agrarian life um, in the first century. And yet at the same time, um, it, this had, would have had an echoing effect for, for his hearers. Going back to numerous Old Testament prophecies. The prophets. Now, being a prophet of God was a very difficult gig, to say the least. Nobody liked you. At first, people would try to shoo you away. They'd chase you out of town. If that didn't work, they'd thump you. They'd beat you. And eventually, they'd kill you. One of God's prophets, Ezekiel, God says, I want you, Ezekiel, to to see the decay. I want you to smell the stench of the political, social, and religious scene. And then he goes on and calls him to speak against his um, fellow clergy, the shepherds of Israel, some of who stole sheep, some starved sheep, others scattered sheep, And, of course, some killed the sheep and ate the sheep rather than feeding the sheep. And then he calls them to speak with very um, graphic terms that describe um, very abusive practices. Listen to it. Or no, I think I have it. Ezekiel 34. Yeah, there we go. Beginning in verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, 
and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. So these appointed leaders of Israel um, did not serve the flock as, as the great shepherd, the good shepherd intended them um, to do. And at the expense of the common people, they were using their offices um, to achieve personal gain, to, to become wealthy, and so on. So instead of taking their God-given role seriously, um, they ruled um, with brutality and neglect. They, they, they abandoned truth for personal gain, and as is always the case, you then place the flock of God in great danger. So years later, Jesus, Yahweh's true shepherd, he arrives steeped in the grand tradition of Ezekiel. And he has some, some, some choice words for them. So he, he employs also um, very disturbing um, and descriptive language um, to describe these shepherds um, of his day. Notice he calls them thieves, robbers, strangers, hirelings, and wolves. False shepherds, that is false pastor. You know, the, the Latin word for pastor, shepherd. So the, the entire text provides this, this very memorable and disturbing, disturbing contrast between predatory pastors, predatory shepherds, and, and the good shepherd. So notice a good shepherd leads guides, feeds, protects, and defends his flock. See, that's what pastors are supposed to do. They're to be on the lookout for trouble. And this here is in contrast to the verse 12, the hired hand, who does not own the sheep. He has no vested interest in the sheep. And he, 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 he flees at the first whiff of trouble. They're hirelings. Verse 1, we see thieves and robbers. Verse 5, we see the word strangers. And again, verse 12, hired hands. All they care about is a paycheck. The most vivid image comes to us in verse 12, and that is wolves. And be, be reminded of this, beloved. Uh, the biblical image for wolf is not an atheist. Atheists are not wolves. This is a description of religious people, apparent religious people, who come with their teaching and they act in a very predatory fashion. They're very tricky. Remember, they have on themselves what? What kind of clothing? Sheep's clothing. They look like one of the flock. They're trouble. Matthew 5, what did Jesus say in Sermon on the Mount? 
Beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Acts 20, Paul to the elders in Ephesus said, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come. They'll come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Um, consider the contrast between um, wolves and sheep. Wolves are predators. They're fast. They're sleek. They, they have sharp teeth. And they attack. They're, they're carnivorous. They're carnivores. Compared to sheep, okay, who, which are, are, are slow, dumb, they have flat teeth, and the only thing they can attack is grass. <laughs> right? They're herbivores. Sheep. So the idea here is that of vulnerability. That's the warning. He compares his people to very vulnerable livestock. And nothing draws a wolf like vulnerability. We've had guys come through this church with false doctrine. It's far and few between now, but they eventually show up. They're quirky, they're weird, they have some strange thing. And they'll always try to grab the ear of a newbie. Hey, have you ever considered? Hey, have you ever thought? Hey, how about you read this? It's usually someone younger in the faith who lacks biblical discernment. After all, when the rabbit cries, when the rabbit in the hole cries, wolves run to the hole, not to protect, but to devour. That's why we watch. You get a chance to repent. If not, you shoot. Notice in contrast to false shepherds and wolves and so on, the good shepherd, notice, he's personal. Verse 3. Verse 3. He calls his sheep by, by name, personally individually, to himself. Notice number two, the good shepherd is very committed. Verse 14. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life. Very committed. Now, he says he knows his own, the concept here of, of knowing is not just simple awareness. I know who you are. This, this is language that's often used between um, a husband and a wife. I'm referring to intimacy. To know your wife. Adam knew Eve and she bore a son like that. Also, it could, if you think of a true friendship, um, you know, willful commitment. To a friend. This is how he knows his own. 
and the degree of commitment, Jesus says, is a commitment. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, so I know my own. And that's a picture of the union that we have in Christ. That's how intimately um, involved he is with his sheep. So the good shepherd's personal. The good shepherd uh, is very committed. And, and thirdly, the good shepherd has many sheep, notice, without distinction. Without distinction. Notice verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Okay, they're already his, but they're not brought into the fold yet. Context, meaning um, it's not just sheep from Jewish society. There, 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 there are others also, and they will listen to my vo- voice, so there will be one flock with one shepherd. So he, he has many sheep without distinction, not just of the Jews but of the, the Gentiles who will be brought in to, to this single fold. And unlike these wolves, I, I will never hurt you, says the good shepherd. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to give myself for you, right? Substitutionary atonement. This is when, when the innocent gives his life for the guilty. So his goodness, the good shepherd, his goodness... Um, hinges on his willful substitution. No one takes my life. I lay it down. I give myself. So Jesus, the shepherd, actually becomes the lamb who would be slaughtered. Slaughtered. Who takes away the sin of the world. Who, who, who's punctured and who bleeds this shepherd who becomes the lamb. And the authority, again, is his. Can't emphasize that enough. Verse 18, I have the power to lay it down. No one takes my life. I lay it down. So, in other words, no one's forcing him. He wants to do this. Why? Because the father... Um, chose and gave to the Son his sheep. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. We're one. You know, one of the central teachings of the New Testament is that the Father chose us before the, the foundation of the world, before Genesis 1.1. He chose his own. He had already chosen you by name. And his choosing had nothing to do with any goodness in you because there ain't none. <laughs> Whether it's actual or foreseen goodness. None. In John 17, Jesus prayed, right? The great the high priestly prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ. He prays, yours they were, but you gave them to me. 
They were yours, Father, but you gave them to me. We see the very same thing here in verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. So they're given to him out of the world, from out of the world, because they are his sheep. They're given to the Son, the Christ, the royal anointed one, the shepherd of God, the true shepherd, and they hear his voice when he calls. Remember in the general fold we talked about last week? There was a common fold. Many shepherds would bring their sheep into the common fold, and they'd be kept there during the day, and they would take them into the country fold at night. Well, when they would come, the shepherds would come, how did they know whose was who? By the voice of the shepherd. They'd follow because they knew his voice. So Jesus, the good shepherd, he, he doesn't call for the blood of his sheep. He doesn't call for your blood. He doesn't need your blood. He, he pours out his own. He spills his blood to, to wash away the sins of his flock. So we always have to ask ourselves, do, do I have appreciation for what I cost? You ever think about that? The price that was paid to redeem my wretched soul. Do, do I really show appreciation for that? Do I understand it? Sheep are followers. We follow. We follow our great shepherd. Now, all people are sheep, amen? The whole human race. We're all, we're all sheep. We're not necessarily the great shepherd's sheep, but we're all sheep because... Everybody serves or follows somebody. We do learn something from Bob Dylan. Amen? Everybody serves somebody. Something. And notice, we follow the good shepherd, not in order to become his sheep. Okay, we don't follow in order to become. We, we follow because we are. You say, well, I spent years resisting and resisting. Of course you did. But because you were chosen by him before the foundation of the earth, there was a day and time where that call was effectual. Now, take note of those who do not follow and why they do not follow. Verse 24. So the Jews gathered around him, okay, in, in the midst of this discourse, okay, the Jews, that is typically, almost always, a reference to the enemies of Jesus, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, scribes and all that. So, so the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But, okay, don't miss this, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. Notice he didn't say you're not part of my flock because you do not believe. He didn't say that. He said you do not believe because you're not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, 
reminded as we are, we have been brought into this fold by sovereign choice, okay, sovereign choice and particular redemption. In other words, Jesus died for specific people. Jesus didn't shed his blood to make salvation possible. Particular redemption is that he he died to make salvation certain. For who? His flock. His sheep. His peeps. So this this is a grace that, that sought us out irresistibly drawn as we were to the great shepherd. Knowing as we do here that the good shepherd was willing to give until it killed him. He gave and he gave and he gave. He he gave us his teaching and he continues to give us his teaching. He gave us his counsel. He gave his kindness He gave his his vitality and he gave his blood and breath until he stopped breathing and bleeding. That's what he gave. Life is in the blood. Poured out. I lay down my life for my sheep. And Jesus promises all who hear his voice as the good shepherd will come to him and will be protected by him. Will they be protected from tribulation? No. There's no promise of that. Protected from the sword? There's no promise of that. The church of Smyrna, some of you are about to be thrown into prison. And some of you are going to be killed. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to send one to get you out of the mess. He said, be faithful unto death. We're secured in his fold from his his wrath, wrath of the lamb, because he bore the wrath in our place. Condemned he stood. He bore the wrath of the Father. So this is a promise that those who hear will will be guarded. You know, sheep are helpless. It's not like a dog. Dog, you know, we had this dog. What was that dog's name? Maddie. Maddie. I'm a dog lover, you can tell. I don't even remember the dog's name. <laughs> this dog could escape from anything. We, we had it in a pen. It would break out. Uh, I, uh, numerous ways I tried to contain this dog. It would always break out. It would, it would leave the house and be gone for two, three days at a time. Every single time, two, three days later, I'd be walking down the street limping. The pads all worn out, you know, from walking on concrete. Limping home. This thing would find its way home. Cats, I hear, find their way home. Sheep do not. Sheep are stupid. They walk aimlessly totally dependent upon the shepherd's guidance and care. Amen? That's why the corporate gathering of God's people is so vital, because this serves as a means of his grace to feed his his sheep, his flock. You gather together to be fed. 
This is a unique means of grace. Well, I can read my Bible at home, but it doesn't serve the same as this does. We are a flock. We are his people. So we walk by faith as his sheep. We follow the good shepherd through this life. And we, we, we walk by faith, which means many times we will have doubts. Right? Well, you might be super spiritual. I never have doubts. <laughs> never. No, yes, you do. See, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Amen? Sight is. Sight is the opposite of faith. Doubt actually comes with faith. It's the father who had the demon-possessed son. Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. So this is part of the territory of following the good shepherd. Doubt comes with the territory. So his sheep hear his voice. They follow moment by moment, day by day, year after year, we hope, by faith and not by sight, because we've been called to the great shepherd. Amen? And here he is. So let me close with this from Spurgeon. You know, I read Spurgeon a lot. I, I don't know. Like, I'm going to quote him in the sermon today, which actually came from the morning, evening devotional. This quote, I'm not sure where it came from. So I'm, I kind of have a file of these, and I can't tell you where it's from. Anyway, quote, Oh, what blind slaves we were when we sported with death. We did not know then what his love had ordained for us. It never entered our poor silly heads that there was a crown for us. We did not know that the Father's love had settled itself on us or, or ever the day star knew its place. We know it now. And it is he that has taught us for he followed us over mountains of vanity, through bogs and miry places of foul transgression, tracked our devious footsteps on and on, through youth and manhood, till at last, with mighty grace, he grasped us in his arm and laid us on his shoulder, and is this day carrying us home to the great fold above, rejoicing as he bears all our weight and provides us all we need. Oh, that blessed work of effectual grace. End quote, amen. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep, amen. Lord, we do thank you that you are a great shepherd. And as very dumb sheep, we confess we, we cannot lead ourselves, and hopefully we do not want to. So help us to, to be hearers of the voice from above. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.